Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome to the Wildcast Studio for another playoff episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I'm barely here with a voice, but it's better than what it would have been if we'd have done this a couple days ago. Your co-host, Mr. Adam, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster. I tried to give myself a co-host. co-hoster, Mr. Adam. That's okay. We can keep going God, with that. That was bad. That's you know okay. What? It's funny. I've said this thing countless times. What, five years now? And I still can't remember it. I try to improve on it. Thank God your favorite co-hoster, Mr. Jeremy Boucher, is here to keep me in humble, line. under wraps, yeah. in line, whatever you want to call it. Yes, sir. Um, we've seen some excellent playoff hockey, sir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you about the Flames, but I will ask you how are the second love of your life the Toronto Blue Jays doing uh, to start the season? Uh, well, or should I ask cer- you about they that? They certainly, certainly know how to uh, be dramatic uh-huh. early in the season. I think they've already got four or five come from behind wins, and they've only got seven wins on the season. Oh, wow. So they're uh, yeah, they're they're honestly doing really well so far. Uh, they seem to. Uh, I think they've got another. Dim- Another level of leadership on the team this year that they didn't have last year. Uh, you can tell that uh, or whatever the addition of Kevin Kiermaier has, has really been a huge addition to the team. You can you can tell just by the way he plays. And, you know, on the first night at the, you know, uh, renovated Rogers Center, he makes the catch of the year. Oh, really? Uh, oh, oh, my God. Like, oh. he, he scaled the center field wall. and Which just, is closer now, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm not saying that's why he did it, but they did move it. With they, I think they moved it in a little bit. Right, okay, but scaled it, jumped up, probably had his glove a foot in the air above the fence, and came oh, wow. down with the ball. And that was literally in the first inning of the first game at the Rogers Center of the home opener. Uh, of the home opener, so you know, e- easily catch of the year candidate. Uh, I, I think they're seven and four or eight and five, something like that. Uh, but uh, not as hot as the Tampa Bay Rays. Let's put it that way. You know, they're. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are still undefeated and haven't lost a game yet this season. But, uh, but didn't they have like a ridiculously easy schedule to start the year? Well, I wouldn't say. I mean, when you go and sweep the first. Four against Boston, four against Oakland, Nationals, Tigers. Yeah. But when you go and sweep, you know, three, four, three or four series to start yeah, the yeah. season, that's pretty damn yeah, impressive. Yeah. Um, but they're, the Rays are coming to Toronto this weekend, so hopefully the Jays can uh, put an end to that. But no, they're they're doing pretty well. They've um, they're starting pitching. Other than uh, Kevin Gosman, has been uh, you know little. Um, Kevin Gosman hasn't been great. Kevin Gosman's been great. Oh. The other how's ones, he doing with the pitch clock? Because he's got that yeah, he's, rocking he, thing. Right? Yeah, he still hasn't. There hasn't been. I don't think there's been a violation with him yet. There's only been a few in the entire yeah uh, league. So it's uh, no. Everyone seems to be adapting pretty well. The games are going by a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. So so far they're they're doing really well. I'm impressed. So I want to thank you um, for coming back. I know that you were on uh, Sports Corn TV. Yes. You I made was. your debut this season because I think you were on there last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks for coming back. Mm-hmm. But uh, how, was your, how was your experience on the Rogers show with a uh, friend of the show, Chris Dobson? It was good. Yeah. Uh, we covered, uh, obviously, uh, it's a little different because there's actually a countdown clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've got to get, uh, you got to make sure your times are, are in order and, 
uh, you know, you half hour show, we probably talked about the queue for, for 20 minutes and, <laughs> and then we still had to cover, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of baseball, a little bit of NHL, uh, you know, we, with only 10 minutes left, it's tough to, to cover some yeah. other sports with only 10 minutes. And, but we managed to, uh, to power through it. It was really, uh, it was a lot of fun. It's, uh, something I hope I get to be invited uh, back again for, cause you know, it's, uh, like I said, on the show, on the, on the sports corn TV, you know, it's, I finally got recognized at the rink yep. by Mr. Uh, by Mr. Gabe Smith, Gabe Smith's dad. Um, I wasn't wearing anything nope. uh, affiliating myself with the show, uh, but he came up to me before uh, game six and he says, are you the, are you the podcast guy? I said, yeah. He's like, are you Adam or Jeremy? And I said, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jeremy. And he's like, okay, yeah. He's, so uh, I... I don't have a jersey, you know, with the yeah. show name on it yeah. like you. So, uh, you, you know, the, 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 it's a jersey foul. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason I can wear that one is it's no. not my own name yet. It's no, it's it's all good. I'm getting recognized around the rink without even having to wear anything yeah. that's uh, associating myself with the show. <laughs> and now that I'm going to be on Rogers TV, maybe I'll start signing some autographs. It's, it's weird when you start getting recognized by people that you don't think should know you yes yeah you, like you came over for the second period of game six and you're like I, I just got recognized and i'm like yeah yeah i was like by who well Gabe smith's dad i don't know how he knew it was me i'm like <laughs> man we're on youtube like they know our faces it's yeah. not so much just they know our voices anymore yeah. They're like we're on we're on uh, we're on the youtube we might be somewhere next year like it's it's, but it is a weird feeling when it is like there's there's a yeah. few core people that who know who we are. Yeah. But when you get the the other people, and they're like, "Hey man, I, I love your podcast." Or when kids come up that one game, they're like, "Are you the TikTok guy?" Yeah, I love your TikToks, and they run away. You're just like, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a different. It's kind of neat to walk around and be recognized. No, it is. And speaking of TikTok, there's the the guy who went to the games dressed as pizza. Yeah, uh, with a sign. Yeah. Um, he's got a pretty good account. He's got, uh, he got a, a nice, a different view of the Barbashev winner. Oh, did he? Um, and it's actually at ice level, which is a, it's a really, a really cool video. I can't think of it as what his uh, TikTok handle is, but it's a different, uh, a different angle of the goal. And you see him like literally skating from one end of the ice to the other end of the ice, almost taking out Steinman's ACL. Um, and then <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll talk it, about that later. It was just a different, uh, different view of the goal, which was pretty neat. That's cool. Um, and now that we've talked about it, I use a uh, phone as the soundboard for all the uh, sound drops. So now that we've talked about it, I bet when I open my TikTok later tonight, that'll yeah. be the first video that uh, that, that they, pops up. The Chinese government listening to <laughs> yeah. everything we say. Yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's been fun to be kind of recognized. We enjoy it. Um, come talk to us at uh, any hockey game that we're at or any event that that we're uh, that we're a part of. But um, we got a show to do. It's the second show of the week because the way the playoffs go. We got to get this one before we start uh, round two, which we're going to get to in a little bit with uh, with a, a new guest uh, on the show. Here, hopefully, my voice will make it through the uh, through the podcast. But don't forget, as always, you can like us on the social medias: Twitter, Moncton Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and now over a hundred subscribers here on YouTube. And we'll be back on Friday. Um, you can like and subscribe on the YouTube. Let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. Getting back to that. Yeah, you found it. Uh, is uh, on TikTok. It is I underscore M underscore Tim Tim. Oh, okay. So he's the gentleman who wore the pizza 
and also had a sign in the penalty box that says something about I hate being in the box too. <laughs> and he, uh, it was when Justin Poirier and Isaac Dufour were in the penalty box and they both laughed at the sign. So, um, it's, it's pretty clever. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of Wildcats content on there. He's got some, uh, senior hockey from, I think. Oh, El- that's that guy from yeah. Bucktoosh, right? Uh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Elsie talk against Bucktoosh. Yeah. And a lot of, uh, a lot of good, a lot of good, like different angles from, from the games and that, that uh, you wouldn't normally see. So good account, uh, good account to follow. That's what we need someone like that in the Avenger Center for like the playoffs and stuff. Remember when Vancouver had the two the two blue guys? So we Moncton used to have um they were famous during the, the two thousand six Memorial Cup run. Yeah. They were known as <clears throat> I have to clear my throat when I say this. I, I don't wanna say uh, uh, Wiggers. So uh they wore wigs oh, on right, their right. head. Yeah, yeah. And uh so they were um, given that particular nickname, uh, I think you probably know why I wanted to make sure I, I pronounced it correctly. Um, so th- they would wear wigs on their head, paint their faces um, red, yeah. and wear referee jerseys. Oh, okay. And they were, they were famous. I mean, these, these were the faces of, of the Wildcats during that Mam Krupp run. They were in their uh, pump-up videos. They were... Uh, they were, you know, these guys brought it every, every game during that, during that playoff run. And they were the most recognizable faces, even though their faces were painted red, they were the most recognizable guys around the rink. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, for sure. It, it's something that's, that's missing as part of, uh, you know, kind of the playoff five. Yeah. It's, I, we are going to get the news and notes here in a minute, but, um, it, like that's one of the cooler things would be to see, to have that kind of fandom there and mm-hmm. then especially in in vancouver i'm like oh that'd be so cool to be recognized by doing that but then you gotta sit in those terrible seats right mm-hmm. beside the penalty box where you can't really see nothing so i'm like mm, i'm good um so yeah we get uh, some news notes finally no more no saint john news this week um the qmjhl announced its 2023 golden puck award finalists um one award was given out today so rookie of the year uh felix lacert from shawinigan maxi massey from shakutami and Thomas Vernon of Renoranda was given out last night. Uh, and it is Maxime Massé of Shakutami, which uh, neither one of us picked. So we're 0 for 1 right now on the Rookie of the Year. But unbelievable season for him. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, and to think he was 5th uh, fifth? Fifth or 6th overall? I think so. Something like that. That's crazy, man. Like, he was uh, came out of nowhere. What a pure, he's a pure goal scorer, though. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he's uh, third. Was oh third? Sorry, Lavois, my bad. Dag, Massey, Poirier, Spencer right. Gill, yeah. Zonin. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised, even though he's only uh, sixteen. I would be a bit surprised if he's getting a call from Hockey Canada for the U uh, eighteens. That is a pretty good top ten. Yeah, uh, pretty good top five of of the draft. You think uh, that one's good? Wait till yeah. this year. Oh no, I know, but sometimes it's, you get like one or two. Yep. And then, but that's actually a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent top five there. So, a um, couple names: the Wildcats defensive rookie of the year, uh, Gabriel Dag, Marcus Kiersey, Jacob Steinman. We'll find out the winner tonight. I'd love it to be Jacob Steinman. Mm-hmm. We're not in the playoffs if it's not for Jacob Steinman. Yep. I just think. However. However, I just think it'll be Gabriel Dag as the number two overall pick. He was very good in Victoriaville. 
he's the new face of goaltending in Quebec. In Canada. In Canada, in Quebec. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. you know, 16 years and four months old. Yeah. And he's going, he's already gotten the call to represent Canada at the U18s. Yeah. So he's going there as a, as a, as an underager, right? Which is huge. I mean, that's just, yeah. the, the fact he's already on Hockey Canada's radar just says how good he is. Yeah. And so as much as I would love Stanton to get it, I just think it'll be Gabriel Dag. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, w- it wouldn't be junior hockey without, uh, without decisions being political. Um, no. Do you see a scenario where the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League gives a Defensive Rookie of the Year award to an Ontario free agent? I don't think so. With all due respect to Jacob Simon. No. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. I'd like to go back and look. When was the last time Defensive Rookie of the Year had two goalies in it, though? It's been a while. I think it's been a while. If if it's... Because Jordan Spence won that, didn't he? Yeah. I think, I think he so. won the... You're asking me to, I couldn't even tell you. No. Yeah, like it's, to, to have two goaltenders and one of them be ours is, yeah. is pretty awesome. Uh, Etienne Moran wasn't named in any of the defensive awards. Um, best defensive defenseman or defenseman of the year. Now, he's not going to get defensive defenseman of the year because as much as we love his offensive production and what he does night after night, he's not, when you think of Etienne Moran, you don't think of defensive defenseman. But defenseman of the year kind of shocked me that he wasn't at least nominated, especially when Tristan Leno was nominated because they were neck and neck all year. And Leno's a little bit older, but I just I'm I'm shocked. Now Moran is named to the top professional prospect with Matthew Catafor, Ichin Goche, uh, and obviously Etienne Moran. I think it'll be Catafor. You think it'll be? I think it's Goche. I yeah. mean, it's from all the rankings, or you know. I guess, yeah, rankings that I've seen so far, it's Goche is set to be picked before Moran and before Catafort. Like yeah. right now, it's if you look at Craig Button or, or Sam Cosentino in terms of NHL draft rankings, I think Goche's kind of in the 20, the 20 range in the first round. Go, uh, Moran's towards the end of the first and Catafort's early, early second. So it's, um, I mean, it, I, you've got to think that just based on on central scouting and all that, mm-hmm. the fact that Goche is higher up than Moran will, will give him that award. Yep. Um, Coach of the Year, Sylvain Favreau from Halifax, Stefan Julian from Sherbrooke, and Carl Mallet from Victoriaville. Now, the General Manager of the Year award is Stefan Julian from Sherbrooke, Louis Robitaille from Gatineau, and Patrick Waugh from Quebec. So those are the three of, of the four teams that quote-unquote loaded up. Mm-hmm. But I think... I don't think the general manager award, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys, and you still have to make the trades. You still have to draft the players. You still have to put the team together. But I was, I just, when I looked at that, I was a little shocked that Victoriaville's general manager wasn't in there. Now their coach was for building that team that literally nobody thought would be where they are. And Cam Russell in Halifax was not named. I mean, bringing in Lawrence, keeping that extra 20-year-old spot so you could get a player of Lawrence's caliber was smart. You didn't have to make that decision. Then going to get Alexander Doucette. I mean, that really set them up to almost catch Quebec. And I just, I thought those were at least two names that should have been on there. And I understand that usually the general manager of the year is three of the four general managers that build the super teams. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Cam Russell and the Victoriaville general manager that I can't, 
think of his name, deserve to be nominated for that award. Kevin Kluge. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I hundred percent believe they deserve to be that that uh, on that award. I mean, yeah, I, I, it's. Where do I want to go with this? <laughs> uh, is Halifax a super team? No. No. I mean, they're good. They're really good. But they didn't. I guess they're. You could make the argument that they are a super team based on what they have, but I just. I don't want to put them into that conversation um, just because we're a. Moncton. Moncton show? Yeah. I don't know. It, you can only have three. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, maybe they just drew names out of the hat. Patrick Waugh, I mean, it's probably his last season in the queue, so you probably a reason that's probably why they gave him in a, one of the nominees, and then you got to go with the other two. I don't know. I don't want to touch this one because it's, <laughs> it, it, it's doesn't, doesn't really bother me who wins GM of the year. No, it doesn't bother me either. I just, some of the names were so, and unfortunately, you still were not nominated for personality of the year. Shocking. It, it's coming at some point now that you're starting to get recognized. It's coming. <clears throat> Personality of the year? Yeah. How do you get nominated for that? I have no idea because it's two coaches and a player. <laughs> Stefan Julian, Louis Robitaille, and Josh Waugh. Um, and then MVP, Nathan Darvo, Jordan Dumay, and Josh Waugh. Mm, well, I think we know who's going to win that one. Yeah. That's pretty easy. Darvo. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Dumay. Obviously, yeah. he's going to be up for CHL. Most valuable player, even though yeah. that's going to be Bedard's award. Yeah. Walking away. So now that we've got through the awards part of the season, let's get to the playoff part of the uh, news and notes because there's not really much going on. Um, we knew the West for a while. Sherbrooke, Drummondville, Renderanda, Gatineau, Quebec, Ramuski. We'll get to our series later, as obviously. Um, I mean, the, the Quebec, the Q question on there was which series, how many series of the next four are going to seven? And 30, yeah, we're going to go with zero. And uh, 21% said, 30% said one, 30% said two, 27% said none. Which two? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which one? The only one that has a chance to go six is Quebec and Ramuski because they're division opponents. And Serge has got that team going right now. And they seem to to play really well in the playoffs and they have the big upsets and they play well against the big teams. That for me is the only one that goes six. You think Ramuski gets two I do. against Quebec? Yep. Honest to God, I think every, I think they're all done in five. That's, yeah. that's where I'm going with it. Like it's, I mean, yes, Ramuski upsets, you know, the upset St. John last year. It's not really upset over Shakutami. Yeah. It's you know what they're they were pretty even, but I don't think they can compete with Quebec. I don't think it's I don't even think it's close. I don't it, for all I know probably could could even be a sweep. Yeah, that's just the way that, that uh, none of these series are going to be close. No, everyone's waiting for the third round. Yeah, everyone is waiting for the third round. These three rounds, these these next four rounds are going to be done so quick. By the time we get to the third rounds, you know these teams are just going to beat each other. Up. Yeah, you yeah know, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing they may go through this one quick because yeah. they're going to need rest for the next one. Um, so you're not riding the drum, the Drummondville wave. 
Uh, let me touch on that one for a second because I don't want to. I don't want to say one thing on on sports quarantine TV and then say something else on, <laughs> on, on this show. Yeah. Um, so of course uh, I, I do want to, um, you know, uh, boost my uh, my own ego here a little bit uh, by saying that I did correctly predict all eight series in the first round. Not very many people can can say that uh, because I did predict. Yeah. Drummondville's upset over Victoriaville. Uh, am I riding them in round two? Look, I, I, I want to say, I did say on Sports Corps and TV that I will give them the benefit of the doubt and that I think they would win two games against Sherbrooke. Okay. So I'll have to stick so that's, with that. that's the one you think might go six? Yeah. yeah. So we'll, just based on the fact that I want to ride, ride the wave a little longer mm-hmm. uh, with them, uh, but easily, again, this is... A Sherbrooke series win, you know, five games or six games for sure. I think with both Drummondville and, and Ramuski, if they can win game one, they have a chance to get to six. And it works for all three of those series. Like mm-hmm. Redner and Gatineau, now depending on what Gatineau has running through their locker room, because yep. apparently there's some sort of virus, maybe don't go to a spa. Funny thing is, Ruan went to the spa too. <laughs> Did they? So it's you know whatever is going on at the spa, that's probably uh, going around their locker room. Yikes! Now. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully, both teams have a full lineup there. But um, of the three series, when you're done watching Moncton, if they're on different nights, which they're not, but which one would you not stay up for? But we'll say stay up for. Which one of the three series would you stay up for and be most interested to tune in for? Uh, Barry and North Bay. That's fair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> are you talking Q? Yeah, yeah, Q. Um, like, what series of those three kind of entices you to want to catch a few games, if, if, if possible, on the Saturdays at 5 p.m.? I would probably like, which go Which is with, the best matchup? I'd probably go with um, the best matchup other than Moncton and Halifax. Rivalry Rise, Quebec and Ramuski. Yeah. But you can't shy away from the rivalry between Gatineau and Ruiz. I mean, they're, but it's just not the same caliber yeah. of, of Quebec and Ramuski. Like these organizations flat out hate each other. There's been so much crap between these two teams over the years. <laughs> uh, but that's probably one that I, however, I have an utter dislike for Patrick Waugh, so I try to avoid everything to do with him. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I'll. with that said, probably Gatineau and Rouen would be what I'd stay up and watch uh, just because I know Rouen is one of those teams. They're they're young and exciting and uh, they're quick and, you know, they're skilled and they kind of remind me of, of Drummondville. I think they're they're one of those teams that could maybe win, maybe win next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got I just think they're, they're an exciting team. They're they're well coached, and I've always said, you know, if I was a player in this league, and you know, I was, I'm an English kid, I wouldn't mind. Rouen's one of those t- teams I wouldn't yeah. mind going to play for, right? Uh, we we've, we've heard the Putin across the street is, is pretty good, and uh, so I've got to uh, just based on put the Putin factor alone. I mean, <laughs> you got to cheer, you, you got to support Rouen. Yeah, and if if you're gonna put something behind a team. A Putin factor, yep. uh, Ren to me kind of seems like back before Seattle, uh, the Seahawks had the Legion of Boom and got really annoying and 
everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Mm. They were that little team in the Pacific Northwest that you didn't really hate. You were okay if your team was out and they had success because they were just that little team that didn't bother anybody. And well, that's quiet. it, right? And, and that's how Ruanda Randa feels to me. Like, I have no affiliation to them I, or hatred for rivalry. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, I know they've beaten Moncton in a couple series, but, like, they're just – their crowd seems to always be in it. I remember mm-hmm. watching them in the Memorial Cup in Red Deer when they lost to London and mm-hmm. hoping for them and then really cheering for them in the 2019 Memorial Cup in Halifax and – they just seem like that team that I don't really have a problem with, and they got Couture and Net, who's yeah, a good that, kid, and, and that's another reason why, right? They've got they've got, they got Hagen, who's a friend of the show. Oh, yeah, so you kind of have to, and to me, Ruiz like like Switzerland. It's yeah, like, it's like a yeah, neutral. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's neutral. You you unless you live in Val d'Or, <laughs> you know, there's there's probably no reason to to not you know support yeah. uh, support Ruiz. Like they just seem to do everything yeah. right, and they can. They've proven that small market teams can win Memorial Cups, you know, and, and uh, it, there's just uh, their logo is nice, too. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, there's just there's a lot to like about Ruin Aranda. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, how old the rink is and, uh, you know, they got um, they got local players here, you know, that are going up there and uh, live, living life and, and, and you know, living the dream and just having a lot of fun and. That's it. You just you got to support a team like that. Yep, they do the they do things right. So, um, and we always like teams that let their players come on our show. True. Um, well, we should probably stop talking about Quebec series and maybe talk about ours, eh? Well, I, mean, it's, I guess it, it's kind of the reason why kind of our gig. we're here. Yeah, we've kind of been doing it for yeah. a few years. All right, we'll do a different show, or <laughs> yeah, let's do a different one. Weekly Rewind. Welcome into the Weekly Rewind presented by the local sports pub or pib. As I said on Twitter today, looking for a great place to have some wings, beer, watch the Wildcats and other sports with friends. Head to 1715 Main Street where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. You guys know where that is now because you were there for game one or game yeah, one of last series. You're going to be there for game Dude. two of this series. Uh, again, happy hour on Mondays where Molson products are five fifty a pint. As well, a pound of wings and fries for fifteen ninety nine on Tuesdays. That's their wing night. Uh, and we are going to be there Saturday for Game 2 viewing party. Uh, game 1 will be on YouTube. Game 2 will be at the local sports pub. Holy shit, we're on to round 2. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, almost uh, wasn't ready to wear my Hawaiian shirts. No. However, 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 if... Today was a beautiful day for yes. a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, um, but no, we're we're still still rocking the the hoodies, and uh, which means we're still in business. Yep, we're still in business. And um, I asked you before we got going on this because you've seen a lot more Moncton playoff series than I have. I only have two and a half playoff series that I've seen because the New Brunswick tournament didn't count and the yeah. best of five didn't count. So I go off my NHL experience and. I cannot think of a better playoff series that I have ever watched. Um, but I, so I asked you, other than the St. John series in the finals that they won and the Quebec series that they won, has there been a better Moncton playoff series you've ever seen? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, I, I don't think, I can't, I can't remember a series. Maybe the Garland years when they kind of Even that, surprised I mean, Victoriaville and. Ren, 
nothing had the the drama. Yeah. And the the quick hatred. The hate the, the quick well, hatred, the quick the, in that series. The heart rates, the the stress, the everything. It, it literally My had everything. Voice. Adam Adam lost his voice in game 7, you know. It's uh <clears throat> there they almost lost her arm. I lo- <laughs> There was a lot to appreciate as a hockey fan you know in this series you know (coughs) when you've got you know q q fans and and you know members of the media you know just saying how incredible the series was you you did pretty good uh you know broke a new league record for most overtimes in a seven game series with five all four in moncton went overtime unbelievable man like that's... Imagine having games six and seven in your building, knowing that four, three of those five had gone to overtime, mm-hmm. and you don't do anything to sell the building. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. I digress on that. We're not going to focus on that, but um, yeah, for those that I haven't told, so if you if you're listening audio, go to YouTube and go to about twenty nine minutes, and you're going to enjoy this. So. Baudouin makes that unbelievable pass to Barbashev, right? Yeah. So I haven't sat down since, and Jeremy can attest to the game before. I don't sit down. That's why I have a seat with nobody behind me. Three minutes left in the second period, I was up. Because that's, and the whole third period I was up. Into overtime, I was up. And when Baudouin hit that pass to Barbashev and he was on a breakaway, I grabbed Layla like this, and I grabbed the, the shoulder, and it was up and down and up and like I, I swear to god i got this much air with every jump i had i couldn't contain myself i she's pretty sure she may have a bruise from when i actually grabbed onto her shoulder like i've never been that excited for a goal i think in my life no uh you're you're right um for anyone that saw my reaction um, after the Hamel winner yeah. in game five. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> my game seven reaction, <laughs> if I was on video, yeah. probably would have been even better. I fell backwards off oh, really? my chair um, <laughs> and to the point where I was wearing my. Um, iPhone headphones and they were plugged yeah. into my laptop and I they came ripping out of my laptop and they like basically swung around my neck and I just you know Gronk spiked the headphones on the ground <laughs> and um, it was uh, thrilling let's put it that way did you wake up Avery no I didn't surprisingly I, I didn't um, the old man that lives bo- downstairs didn't even come upstairs to yell uh, at us or anything and was megan watching it too she was watching tv oh okay uh, i was at the kitchen table and she was like did they win <laughs> uh no yeah no, i reacted like this yeah they, they took a yeah. tripping penalty yeah <laughs> yeah the that that remind like that reminds me of when uh in 06 the oilers playoff run mm-hmm. when sean horkoff scored in like triple overtime oh yes my ex-wife and Haley were up sleeping mm-hmm. at like 2 a.m. in the morning and I've never cheered so quiet in my life or yelling <laughs> just like because <laughs> I didn't want to yeah, wake I've them up the, at 2 I've, o'clock in the morning yeah like it's, it's just that that's probably the the second most excited I've ever been for a goal and 
before we get into the the actual like kind of series review and and into that Bay Como has so much going for them mm-hmm. moving forward. That is a good hockey team. Yeah. Uh, Louis William from the Dracast who joined us pre-show and was kind of talking to us during the series and all the fans on Twitter until the game seven and through it, there was, there was the hatred and, and the chirping, but from what we saw on Twitter, pretty good fans, but that they have a lot to be excited about with Poirier, Malofsky, mm-hmm. Charlo, yeah. um, that whole decor, um, Lantern, they're uh, Lancier, Lancier and they're, they're ninth, they're the tenth and, pick. Yeah, yeah, like that. That team, I don't think we've seen the end of. No, God, and no. I don't think we've like in a playoff series in Moncton. That's going to mean something, and it might not be in the first round. Like that mm-hmm. could be a third round next year, or or even in twenty twenty five. Like that is a good group moving forward, mm-hmm. and Justin Poirier is a very good hockey player. But he's on my I don't like him anymore radar, and that's what playoff series are about, and that's what they do. And it's he's got that little Marshan rat in him. Mm-hmm. He does. And he gets under your skin, but he can put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. And so he may be Jeremy's favorite player moving forward, but he's not mine. Um, well, but yeah, it, they got, they got yeah. a lot of good going for him. And yeah. thanks to Louis William of the Draftcast for jumping on. Hopefully, we can have him on for the draft, um, or at least meet him when we're up in Sherbrooke. But I mean that that is a very good hockey club that we just survived. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, shout out to them for you know being the reason you know why we had such a great series, yeah. and uh, for the three thousand people that were in attendance in Moncton, you know, it's yeah. they they made it. The well, not just Bay Como, but the, you know the two teams made it. Uh, you know, so entertaining, uh, and you're right. Like they're kind of on that almost same trajectory as Moncton right now. You know, they've got Chiarlo and Steinman are the same age. Yeah. You know, they're in that 4 group. Um, and you've got to assume in two years, Chiarlo is going to be their 20-year-old goaltender and Steinman's going to be Moncton's 20-year-old goaltender. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, you know, at that point, you're going to have, you know, Poirier's going to be 18. Um you're putting the way too early goggles on, but if Moncton hosts a Memorial Cup, could these be, two could yeah. be the teams that represent the Q because they both made the final. Yeah. Right? Because that, like, they have built a decor that is big, that is physical, that is tough to play against. I mean, I'm trying to find superlatives for Charlotte, and I think I've run out of them. I mean, you, it's funny, though. You, you look at Game 7, and it was an exciting game. But what was exciting about it? Was it all the lead changes? <laughs> like, if the, the drama, yeah, the, it was, the fans it was, are like, it was so exciting. But I bet if you ask both coaches, they're like, "No, nah, we didn't want to play that type of game." Like, a bad shift by Moncton almost cost them. Uh, yeah. I'm just glad that goal that I haven't, I've seen it. I can't find evidence that he was pushed in. He was uh, Steinman was pushed, wasn't pushed. Um, there was one video from the actual Q site like from the game that doesn't look like he's pushed in. There was another one on that somebody shared from one of the QTV shows. And that angle looks like Steinman moves backwards a little bit. And then you see the puck travel in. Mm-hmm. Look, if that would have happened to Moncton, I wouldn't have done a post game show. Cause I would have been livid. I probably wouldn't be back at the Avenue center. Cause I would have thrown stuff at the, at the refs. It, it, it would have been the exact same reaction for us as them. And I'm mm-hmm. just, I hate the fact that it was a disallowed goal. 
for Baycomo for the simple fact that I hate that Game 7 and this series is kind of marred in that controversy of a disallowed Game 7 goal because Moncton had 25 goals for, Baycomo had 24 goals for. Like it, it was as even as you could. And the fact that it was marred by that and Barbashev scores a beauty overtime goal. I don't care generally who wins in overtime. I just want nice goals. I don't want junk overtime goals. And it, that for me, that controversy just kind of sucks a little bit about Game 7. Yeah, it's kind of the only thing that um, the only down the only yeah. downside of it. There's I know this one Baycomo fan on Twitter right now that's still complaining. Um, if you think we benefit from Mills or Maya refing, bro, not at all. That's probably the worst combo <laughs> that you could get in a game seven. From yeah, he's he's trying to say that number twenty one is um, you know the most dangerous person in Moncton and. When I saw him put on when I when I saw him tweet that, I replied with a the headshot of Nathan Grenier because <laughs> <laughs> he's the most da- he's yeah, the number 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 twenty one in Moncton, the most dangerous player in uh, in Moncton. So um, have have whatever opinion you want on it. Yeah. Um, did you see Moran's reaction to that goal? Like when he's just bare he puts his hands over his face because he's like, damn, it's over. Yeah. Um, you think he knew something? I mean, you got to think he was I like, think he, I think he thought it was over because yeah, I, I don't think all the other players kind of turned and looked at the ref. Yeah. But he didn't, he instantly put his head down like it was over. Yeah. Um, let's, I, I honestly, I think Moncton caught a break. I again, yeah. don't, I didn't see anything wrong with it. You know, I, they shot it from behind the net right into Diamond's pads. And to, in my opinion, it was loose. It was, yeah. And, and my, he's, in my opinion, it, it, this Bacomo should have won the series. And that's, um, you, you can say whatever you want about that and, and, you know, say it's, say it was not a goal, but that's just my personal opinion. And I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, try to debate anybody who says that, that it was, it was no goal because it, to me, the puck was loose, and when you see a, a loose puck, your initial instinct is get a stick on it, and that's what Leto showed Del, uh, Leto showed did, and you know, <laughs> caught a break. I yeah. mean, it, it's in my opinion, it was it was a goal because I, I saw the puck, I saw it loose. Yeah, and it was in it was in my end, and I think somebody else put where the ref like where my was standing. Um, and maybe if he's standing behind the goal line, it may not look like Steinman gets pushed, but maybe from his end, the way Shaw went in, he thought that. But either way, what do you look at from Moncton in this series? What did you learn from Moncton in this series? Because I I learned that the depth that we talked about all year actually showed up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And from the first line to the fourth line, I had trust in every line that come over that bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Samson, I think Gabe Smith was one of the better players in the bottom six in this whole series. Um, he didn't get the goal. They were coming close. Um, but I learned that our depth actually paid off, and it didn't matter what line was coming over the boards. I was like, <coughs> all right, all right. I wasn't like, God, why are we putting the fourth line out? They're not doing anything. I, I learned that our depth actually – was okay and mm-hmm. 
probably was a major factor in us getting to seven because we didn't have to overtax our top guys. Yeah, I have to agree. Like the fourth line, every time they came on the ice, they they seemed to 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 do something. But on the flip side, you know, if they got hemmed in their own zone, no, it looked like <laughs> it's it, you almost yeah. you could almost smell a goal happening. Yeah. Um. So that's you know, if there's anything they've got to work on, you know, going into the in the series against Halifax is, you know, you've got to be able to to do a little better in your own zone, because uh, I mean H- Halifax is five times as lethal <laughs> as lethal as, as Bay Como is. And, uh, it, you know, there's, there's instances where, you know, against Bay Como that probably would have resulted, uh, that didn't result in a goal against, but in Halifax it will. Yeah. So you've, uh, the, the fourth line, it's, they've, they've got really, they get to clamp down and, you know, don't grip their sticks so hard when they know yeah. that they're, uh, when they, when they know that they're, um, that they're, they're, hemmed in there and honest to god with um i think you said it in game six where a team is dominating in the zone and they're tiring out the defenders and then they ice the puck but then it's the shovel kids come out yeah right um if if you know that you're if you're hemmed in your own zone and you know, you know what, it's been a while since uh, there's been a and five minutes. Yeah, yeah there's, it's been a while since we've had a, a timeout or a shovel kids. Let me just dump this puck down the ice and take the ice. And yeah. Get myself a 30 second break. You know, it's uh, that's that's my my mindset. Maybe that's my. Uh, no, I love my, that mindset. my hockey IQ coming through. But, uh, you know, just take a glance at the clock and. Kind of know what part of the part of the period you're at, and if you're hemmed in your own zone, whatever. Take the icing. Yeah. Get your thirty second break, and you know try to <laughs> go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that rule in now this year, QMJHL. But maybe next year, when the team ices the puck, don't allow the shovel kids to come out in any rink. Like next whistle after that icing, like mm-hmm. make it pay off. But um, yeah, it's. Baycomo had, and we talked about it on the on the preview. Baycomo had two guys that were. They have more guys, but two guys you were focused on, Pulaski and Poirier. Halifax yeah. has everybody but maybe two guys you're focused on. Yeah. Like they have so much firepower that you just have to, you can't have those long shifts in your zone. And um, I mean, this play in seven games is probably going to wear on the Wildcats going into Halifax. More than it, um, how do I want to say that? Like, the, if they'd have beat Bay Como in five, they weren't going to beat Halifax in six or seven. But the fact that they're so beat up is going to be the make the mountain climb even tougher mm. for Moncton going into this one. So, um, should we uh, should we bring on a guest? Yeah, just because I want to touch on that point because uh, I might have a different opinion on game one. All right. View from the other bench. All right. Well, if Moncton's able to get past Halifax, we'll have to find somebody in Quebec that has a podcast. But we're gonna we're gonna go with our second straight uh, guest to preview a playoff series. We had the Dratcast on last time. We're gonna go not the Herdcast, even though they're coming back now that they're winning. Uh, we're gonna go with a podcast that's been uh, kicking things off all year. Um, joining us for round two preview uh, from the Q Review Pod is Chris Tracy. Chris, how are you tonight? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. No, nah, no problem. So, um, I guess officially, are you the guy 
that picked Moncton to finish fifth in the division <laughs> on your season preview show. I was not. If you uh, if you go look at our Instagram, we have our standings predictions. And it specifically says Chris and Theo's uh, predictions and mine. I'm looking now. I had Moncton third um, in the division. I was assuming Bathurst is going to possibly keep Kidney and Melanson depending on how the season went. Yeah. But uh, clearly that didn't happen. So I felt third was a half-decent spot. Uh, Theo, not so much. But uh, <laughs> half the reason he's not here today. That's that's pretty much half the reason he's not here. So um, I guess just we'll, we'll get started. We'll get your thoughts on, uh, on round one. Um, Halifax did sweep uh, Cape Breton in four. But from the outside, Halifax swept Cape Breton. Of course they did. They're way better than them. But I don't think it was necessarily that. I think Cape Breton had a chance in a couple games, if they convert, to maybe have that series tied at two after four games. Am I wrong in, in that? Yeah, well, I think Halifax is one of those teams that they simply outscore their opponents. Yeah. And one thing I was looking at before I came on the show, all of Cape Breton had 24 points the whole series. Dumay, Doucette, Lawrence combined for 28 alone. So it's hard... Eagles simply could not keep up with Halifax's scoring. And I think that was a big factor of why it was a sweep. Not so much a dominant sweep. I had this game, I had this going to six, but I was very surprised it was a sweep, to be honest. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you there. I think, uh, I can't remember what I had at five or six, I believe it was. But um, honestly, with Cape Breton, it's, uh, they're, they're young and, you know, they've got, um, Ivan Ivan almost, you know, <laughs> took control of a of a couple of games by um by himself. But you had six, I had five. Yeah, six, so there you go. So I thought the Eagles got at least a couple of wins. Uh I guess what did, what were some of your uh I guess some of your highlights from uh, from that series and what uh what allowed Halifax to really, I guess, sweep the series? Well, I think that overtime game where they came back in the last frame I think that really pushed the momentum for the rest of the series. And I mean, playing in front of 9,000 fans, home ices. What's that like? You know, <laughs> oh man, it's, it's crazy. Like, you know, Halifax doesn't always sell out the, I think it's 10, five it holds, yeah. but I went there for the world juniors and it was packed. Like, I don't know if you could tell at the world juniors, but the cameras were shaking every time Canada scored a goal. And that's yeah. simply from crowd noise. And I am sick of the song Heave Away, I'll tell you that right now. But Could Halifax <laughs> make it their that, goal song? Uh, no, their goal song I... right now is like a it's like a bagpipe song. Okay. It, it's a good song. Like it gets you fired up, but yeah. I I don't think I'd go to another game if Heave Away was the goal song, to be honest. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought maybe they just adapted it because it worked for Team Canada that they they kind of adapted it. So um yeah, it's yeah. It was one of the, like, I think it was that one, and I think it was game one or game two where Cape Breton had 14 shots before Halifax had, like, three, and Rousseau just kind of stood on his head. And um, I guess that kind of leads into, you know, this this series coming up, and Halifax and Moncton always have wonderful rivals. And I said at the trade deadline that, you know, our wish for the team, Jeremy just wanted a home playoff series. I wanted the third seed because we were 3-1 and one against Halifax. Halifax was way behind Quebec. I felt if we got Halifax as a matchup, that would be better than getting Quebec. Then we went on to lose six straight against them in the second half of the year. And I don't really feel that. But I think 
if there's a series that you can kind of throw the numbers away, I think when it's Halifax and Moncton, that kind of happens. And, and just what is your feel coming into this? Obviously, you guys are 30-point favorites. Um, so just what's, what's your feel on, on this series uh, before we get going? Well, I mean, if last series Moncton and Bay Camo taught us anything, it's that the Wildcats can score. Uh, I think that's the difference between Cape Breton and Moncton for opponents of Halifax would be that Moncton knows how to score. They can play that high-scoring game that Halifax has. And so I think Moncton does match up really well. Uh, they have had lots of comeback wins against them this year. So I think I had this going seven games, and I really think it could go either way. I haven't seen a single prediction that has Moncton winning this series. No. Uh, we, Adam and I ourselves, are, are taking uh, Halifax. If, uh, I guess, if Moncton were to pull off an upset in this series, what will have to go wrong with Halifax? <laughs> now, I don't think the question so much what needs to go wrong with Halifax. Last series, uh, I don't know if you listened to our preview show, but Sean Crocker said that for. Moncton to beat Bay Camo, Etienne Moran has to be the best player in the series. And he was by yeah. far. And I think in this series, Jacob Steinman has, and I have passed in my notes in capital letters, 10 exclamation points. <laughs> he needs to be the best player in this series. If Moncton wants to win, mm -hmm. um, I think he can handle the high shot load. Um, he averaged, he faced about 25 shots a game on average in that seven game series. And so I think he's up to the task. And I honestly think that Moncton has the edge in net over Halifax. That's just my personal opinion, but that's we'll, what I got. We'll take it. That kind of, that kind of <laughs> goes with uh, your opinion at the, at the trade period. You said yeah. Halifax was yeah. going to struggle in round two mm -hmm. because of goaltending. And, and I think the biggest key, if Moncton has a chance in this series and, um, Sadly, I, I really want to be on the bandwagon and say they do, but I don't think they do. But if they do, um, it's a special teams battle. And Moncton is going to have to be absolutely disciplined. And even when they get that penalty, they can't take the next one. They have to win the draws. I think special teams is going to be key because with Baycomo, it was how do you shut down Poirier and Milofsky, two best players on that team. With Halifax... They have everybody is the best player on the team except for maybe two you have to worry about. And so I think I think special teams is going to be such a key um, for this series overall with Monk or with Halifax at about a 30% clip this year that Moncton cannot get in penalty trouble or this series is going to be over quick. Yeah, you say that, but at the same time, both teams averaged about five to six penalties each in their first round series. So I think... Halifax, you could debate, also needs to stay out of the box. And one thing I want to add about Simon, the reason I think he has the edge over Rousseau, back in 2013, Zach Fucali, everyone says he's you know, the greatest Mooseheads goalie of all time. However, look at that team in front of him. McKinnon, Drewen, Furk, Abelsauser. Like, he was only facing 12, 13 shots a game. Yeah. And I, I feel that vibe with Rousseau. Um, he doesn't face off more than 20 shots very often. And so Steinman can handle that high shot load. And that's why I got the edge. But yeah, special teams definitely going to be a factor in this series. Well, I appreciate you giving us uh, somewhat of an edge. I mean, I guess... Uh, we'll that, take it. Yeah, There's not that, a lot of things we're going to get edges on, but we'll that, take it. That's, that's true, yeah. Uh, any, uh, any plans to make it to Moncton for, uh, I guess, games three and four? 
Well, you know what? I got a notification on my phone today saying that the Mooseheads are hosting a bus trip. Of course they on, are. Of course um, they are. On that's game how you, four. That's how you fanned them. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm in I'm in PEI. I work for High Button Sports as well, and we're going to PEI to cover the Chowder Cup, so I won't be able to do that. But it would be nice to go and watch Game 3 and 4. I love the Avenue Center. What's the Chowder Cup? Uh, base, I think it's a Spring League team. Uh, spring League League tournament, whatever you'd like to call it. Huh. Um, that's all I know so far. I just know I have to call play-by-play. That's about it. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. Um, yeah, it should be. Yeah, no, that's that's how that's how teams usually do fandom in the playoffs. Is they or regular season they have bus trips and deals and tailgate things and and they sell tickets so people show up at uh, at the rink for playoff games. So, you know, we can talk about the stars: Dume, Catafor, Vitacek, Moran, Labelle, Barbashev. What's an X factor in this series for you, either for Moncton uh, or Halifax, other than the goaltending? But what 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 is one X factor you have for these for either one of these teams yeah so like I said uh, Simon would be my X factor for the Wildcats but a guy that really needs to step up is Evan Boucher for the Mooseheads I uh, only had one goal in the four games and at one point he was scoring a goal per game uh, once he came back from injury the supporting cast of the Mooseheads is kind of where they lack Braden McPhee uh, only one point and it's just their supporting cat. Even Zach LaRue, he had five points in four games. Still not the production you want out of him. But looking down the list, like, it's just the supporting cast is going to be a big issue. You'd, the Mooseheads need to step up uh, supporting cast, I think. Because this Moncton team's a lot stronger. And I think they got lucky winning in four against Cape Breton. So, What do you got for next factor? Next factor in this series, because mine um, is the mine is the bottom six. If the bottom six can hold their own, yeah, and not get hemmed in, because Favreau is, is he's going to try and line match that top line against the fourth line as much as possible, which means Dan Lacroix likely won't have the luxury of playing that fourth line as much as possible. But I think if if our bottom six and especially that fourth line can play as well as they did in in that first series, I think there's that's one thing that kind of would be the X factor for me is how that bottom six plays against Halifax. Yeah, I'd kind of have to agree with you there, because uh, you know the the top the top six it's not necessarily even yeah. as Halifax has has the edge, but uh, if anything, Moncton can kind of compete with them when it comes to uh, the gap is a little closer. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, and you're right. It's just a matter of really staying out of the penalty box. I think, if anything, the discipline in this series is going to be a, a key factor. There's uh, Halifax has a lethal power play, and uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna come down to that. If Moncton gets in penalty trouble every game, it's uh, <laughs> it may it's probably not going to be a five game series. It'll probably be a four game series. Yeah, three if if possible. So, um, uh, <laughs> so before we let you get out of here, uh, the other series that gets kicked off, uh, the other three series. Um, I don't know if you've given your predictions on your show, so if you want to wait, that's perfectly fine. If you want to drop your preview show or your predictions now, what do you have in the other series? Uh, yeah, I don't mind dropping my predictions. So looking at the series, uh, one that I'm really looking at is Sherbrooke Drummondville. Um, I have that going to seven games just because simply 
at one point, Victoriaville was the top team in the CHL, and Drummondville took care of them pretty easily. And so now in their head, they're saying, oh, we can do this. Uh, we have a chance. And, you know, they got everyone back. Drummondville slipped a lot of the standings. They were missing Maverick Lamoureux. They're missing Justin Cote, Riley Mercer. Well, they're all back, and they're as powerful a team as anyone in the playoffs, I personally think. Riley Mercer had a great series, um, so I got that one going seven. Uh, I would say Sherbrooke, but I think Drummondville will hold their own. Uh, Halifax-Moncton, I said Halifax seven games. Uh, Quebec-Ramouski, I think this has the potential to be a sweep for Quebec. Ramuski's highest scoring player is Will Dubel in 58 points. I just don't see them taking on the offense in Quebec, especially with Justin Robita really stepping it up lately. And I had Gatineau over Rouen in six. Wow, we got some. I, th- I think I found the guy that voted for two on yeah. the on the on the how many series will go to seven for for the Q. So did we actually do our <laughs> predictions? Um. Yeah, we did. Did we? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I couldn't remember if we did. Um, so you got Halifax in seven. You got Halifax in five? Halifax in five, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm i trying to find the second game for Moncton to go six, and I can't because I think if they get one, that's just going to piss Halifax off. Um, I think the, the best chance for Moncton to win a game in this series is game one um, just because of the high of game seven and riding that momentum. And Halifax has been off for, what, ten days? So – Maybe it's rest, rust. That you know, it, it'll be pretty tough. But um, yeah, I've got I've got Halifax in in five. Basically, kind of a, a repeat of 2019, where we got past Bay Como in in seven, and then we run into a pretty good Halifax team in uh, in round two. So, um, Chris, uh, a thanks for jumping on. But B, where can uh, where can people find you and and Theo? Even though we don't like his picks all the time. Um, when can they, where, where can they find you and, and how can they find you as this playoff series, uh, gets going on? Yeah. So, uh, you can find us on all our socials. We got Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can see that at key review underscore pod, and you can also check us out. We're on Apple music, Spotify, and we started YouTube as well recently. So you can find key review podcast, and, you know, we'll have all our predictions. Our playoff preview show should be coming out tomorrow. Our round two preview, sorry, but should be a good one. I'm excited for this second round. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think, I mean, I'm excited for the second round because we got there, mm-hmm. but I'm also excited for the second round because that means it leads to the third round. And if all the favorites get to the third round, that's the, that's the round I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to. So, man, I really appreciate you jumping on with us to preview this. And um, you're now a friend of the show. Not so much Theo yet. Well, he has to earn that. But uh, you're, you're a friend of the show, and, and hopefully we can do this and uh, do this more and maybe into the, the draft as you know we get into that. It's always good to have other podcasts and just keep growing this league and, and everything. So I um, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us tonight. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Maybe we'll stop in a month and see if Theo and I can change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Big fan of Chris, Theo. Eh. <laughs> I remember listening to that first episode, and I was like, "Really, fifth? These guys probably won't last." <laughs> like, because oh, just yeah. like that just seemed like, and it, it, he kind of reminded me of, uh, well, sir, Jordan Peckham. Oh yeah, like just when he come out with his, and he got through most of his reasons why, and he's just like. 
I just don't like Moncton. I don't want them to succeed. I'm like, I listen. I'm like, is that is that Jordan Peckham? I can't. Is it? But uh, no, it's it's always good to have other people jump on and um, give us a reason to preview series with other people, and it just makes everybody better. Um, your thoughts on game one? Yeah, so I wanted to touch on this a little bit, uh, and you kind of mentioned it during uh, during our talk with Chris. Is you know, if you want to look at you know, Moncton is more game ready. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, uh, you know, Halifax has been off for what a week now, uh, and if not more, and Moncton's been, you know, on the ice, you know, given, you know, in fifth gear every 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 night for what seemed like ten days, and you know, Halifax has been off for over a week, practicing probably in third gear. <laughs> going bowling at the Bullerama in Dartmouth, um, sitting in a classroom, getting a pep talk from Claude Julian. You know, if, if anything, Moncton could very well have the legs in game one to maybe get on the Mooseheads early, yep. get a lead, uh, get a couple of goals. And then, dear God, keep a lead, not like the other and that's And that's what I was going <laughs> to say. I was going to weather the storm. Yeah. Because you know they're gonna if 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 Moncton gets off to a, a hot start in game one and they get a few goals and you know Halifax is coming hard in the second half. So you, if 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 that happens in game one, Moncton's just got to weather the storm and hopefully maybe steal a win in uh, in game one and just build uh, build off that. Yeah, because you're looking eight nine thousand people that are gonna hate Moncton. They're gonna be loud off the hop. A perfect scenario start would be weather the five-minute storm and somehow have a 2 nothing lead mm-hmm. midway through the first period and just kind of quiet that crowd a little bit. That's a perfect storm for Moncton and then just kind of build on that and stay disciplined. I think that I think they have a good chance. And if they get one, I'm not saying they're going to get two and three, but they get one, now you at least are coming home with a split. And mm-hmm. to come home with a split against Halifax with – 2200 people that are going to be in the building they better start selling it, you know what it's ridiculous it is cheaper to go to a halifax game in halifax at 17 dollars than it is for round two in moncton figure it out like it's 20 26 bucks for my ticket it's 17 if i want to go see them in halifax mm. that's that can't happen they got to do something to fill that uh to fill that rank you got to figure it out and 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 by doing something, I don't mean going, oh, good, Halifax fans are coming. We'll sell the rink out. That's not a good thing to have when it's going to be louder for the other team than it is for for our own. But I digress again because I don't want to go on a tangent because we've got a show to finish. Do you got a stick tap? Uh, it's part of my responsibilities, I believe. Eh? It is somewhat okay. part of your responsibilities? Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> oh, wait, sorry. Are you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Yes. <laughs> Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. Okay, so yes, uh, everyone's favorite part of the show, and uh, this is going to be a first-time award winner. If you want award, I don't know if you want. Absolutely, it it's award winner. Uh, so the stick tap is uh, going to a gentleman um, who happens to be a reporter for CTV Atlantic, based out of their Sydney office, Sydney, Nova Scotia. Right. A gentleman, some of us listeners will know as the Deer. Uh, otherwise known as Ryan McDonald. Uh, Ryan McDonald is an avid runner, and on Monday he will be living his dream as he competes in the Boston Marathon. Oh, wow. 
Oh, yeah. Nice. So uh, shout out to uh, the deer, Ryan McDonald, for uh, accomplishing uh, accomplishing that feat. I know it's something he's been working on for many, many, many years. Uh, he's been uh, kind of... Uh, so you don't just get up and run a Boston Marathon? Guess not. I got trained for it. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, yeah. My my mar- Boston Marathon would be, uh, you know, it's uh, Boston cream donuts. Boston cream donuts. <laughs> hot dogs. I'm sorry, I didn't hot mean dog that. stands, hamburgers. Um, you I'm know, sorry, that's street meat. Mean. Boston cream donuts. Uh, no, you you're not you're not you're not lying. Uh, no, this is awesome. It, it, you know, it's um, this is obviously not something you can just get up every yeah. morning and say, you know, I'm gonna. I'm going to race in the Boston Marathon, and you've got to train for this. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. And he's, I know he's been training hard. He's been uh, posting some uh, a kind of a three-part series on, on CTV Atlantic about uh, how he's been getting ready for it. And, yeah, it all goes down uh, on Monday in, uh, in Boston. So good luck to the deer, uh, Ryan McDonald's, and, uh, you know, make us proud. We'll be watching. That's the pump up song he needs. There's nothing more that pumps you up than I have the tire. There you go. Shut that off before we get uh, in trouble. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I mean, I don't even like walking up the stairs, let alone running a Boston Marathon. That's, that's quite incredible if he's able to finish that, which I don't have any doubt he will. So. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's in pretty good shape. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm fairly confident he'll uh, he'll finish, and don't know if he'll be first. You know, it seems to be uh, you know kind of reserved for the uh, I guess Olympic, yeah, Olympic ready yeah. runners. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan's uh, age is is getting up there. No offense there, uh, but you know, there's probably some, up on all of us. Probably some fresher legs that are going to be in that race compared to yours, Brian. The Stick Tap of the Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. All right, that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week, presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Take advantage of her loyalty card this month as well, uh, in the month of April. It is their birthday month. They've been going for two years. Congratulations to them. Every time you book an appointment with them, you are entered to win a draw of a uh, gift basket with prizes worth over $600. As well, when you come to the local on Saturday, she's given us some gift cards, uh, two $50 gift cards. I'll take that. And two, uh, you want the manicure one instead? That's just $50 gift cards. Well, you can't spell a manicure without man. man. (laughs) And two manicures, so we'll give some of those away. Um, on Saturday at the local, and then we'll save a couple of those for uh, for the end of the season. So, so thank you to her for donating those for donating those to us. Uh, if you want to book an appointment, call 506-830-1224 or drop in for a visit at twelve twenty four Mountain Road. This one is a struggle. I'm trying to find a guy who gets the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week, and I think I'm gonna go. Back to back. Oh my god! Now you could have gone LaBelle. He scored two pretty massive goals in Game Seven, uh, Game Six, and Game Seven. The one in Game Six from below the red line on Charlo's glove side that seemed to be impenetrable. Um, you could go Max Barbashev. 
who scored arguably one of the biggest goals I've ever seen live. But I'm going to go with Blair. And you touched on it in your when you gave him the uh, team of the week nod there. What player triples their production from year to year in, in the regular season? This player has now tripled his production, his playoff career production. Um, in six games in uh, 2021, he had one goal. In game seven, he had two goals. And I, when we started, when Baycomo kept coming back and tying, I was, I, I looked at Leyland. I'm like, Anthony Hamel has scored you two freaking goals in Game Seven. You cannot let this opportunity slip by. And I talked about it on the pregame show with Kevin. It's always those underrated players: Jake Stewart in 2019, yeah. Pataki Sites in 2018 against Ramuski. Who is going to be the underrated player? I said maybe Gabe Smith was on the edge of getting one. Lo and behold, it's Sniper's going to snipe Anthony Hamel um, that had not only one but two goals. His second one was exactly like uh, his uh, OT winner. So he's got three goals in the playoffs in seven games right now. Um, so he's tripled his playoff production. So the Wildcats Wildcat of the week presented by Rosemary Lynn goes to number two, Mr. Tony, Tony Hamel. Hamel. So that is it for us. Again, join us tonight. Game one, Halifax Moncton. We will be on YouTube uh, it is the viewing party. Jump on. Um, I think you have to have an account to comment. Um, so jump on. It's free to have an account. We have over 100 subscribers. Maybe we can get to 150. Maybe we'll be lucky to get to 200 um, in over this playoffs. But uh, game two, tomorrow night, we are going to be at the local sports pub. We're going to have a chance to win a uh, gift card from our wonderful sponsor, Rosemary Lynn. You're going to have some freaking poutine. Uh, it yeah. is poutine week. So... We've done this pretty well. We had one game with Wing Knight. That's a win. This game with uh, Poutine. Who doesn't love Poutine? Um, there's, I think, four or five different ones, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah, because they're with uh, the Ghost Kitchen. The East Coast uh, Kitchen Group, and yep. there's like five or six options, so you're you're in good hands. Yes, you you are in good hands as well. Don't forget to vote for our wonderful sponsors uh, that help produce help make this show possible from now till June 1st on Moncton.CommunityVotes.com, Antlers Whiskey Lounge, Eric Murray Realtor, and Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. We'll have a regular show back on Wednesday as there's a little bit of a break between games two and three. Um, for those that are going to Kevin Hart, enjoy it. And, uh, man, I am, even though it's Halifax, I'm kind of pumped to get going again with the playoffs. I'm glad this wasn't a, a post-mortem show. I'm, I'm kind of excited to get this. As, as much of a gap as there is, like I said when we were on with Chris, you can kind of throw those out because these two teams are not going to like each other and it's going to be a battle. Yeah, you're right. Uh, however, it's going to be a fun series. Uh, I think we know it's not going to be a long series, but uh, to get that seven-game playoff experience for the young guys is huge, and anything above that is is uh, you know just uh, just peanuts. It's extra, extra money in the bank. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you tonight on YouTube. We'll see you tomorrow at the local, and we'll see you next week for another show. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.